podcast land you set your dial once again to combat sports with rhino episode 89 holy smokes so i don't bury the lead as i tend to do our guest joining us at the end of the episode king solomon the black dragon renfro eight and one welterweight fighting in october for the dana white contender series he is a great interview he's a lot of fun he's a very confident and exciting fighter i hope you guys stick around and check that out so our intro and our schedule is as follows. We've got another jam-packed episode of CSWR this week, Drea. I'll have my co-main and main event results from Thursday's PFL, Friday's Bellator 265, the quick review of the super welterweight bob between Manny Pacquiao and Yardinas Ugas, our full card breakdown of UFC Vegas 34, of course, Drea's world-famous drop of the night, some Q&A with the Rhino gang, our UFC Vegas 35 picks, and then the aforementioned King Solomon Renfro is the latest fighter to go 10 rounds with Rhino. So, as we love to do, let's get our swim trucks and our flippy floppies on and dive right in. From the PFL on Thursday night in the 265-pound co-main event, we had B. Capaloza versus Jamel Jones. Capaloza won by second round, ground and pound in that one. In our main event, ugh. Kayla Harrison beat Gina Fabian by first round ground and pound. Moving on to Bellator <laughs> 265 on Friday. The 170-pound co-main event was Logan Storley versus Dante Shiro. This one was a split decision for Logan Storley in that one. The main event was Chet Congo versus Sergey Kiritanov. At uh at 265 pounds, man, Chet Congo, he gosh, he's got to be 44 or 45 years old now, but still looks incredible. Sergey Hiratanov, another very longtime veteran from out of Russia. I remember watching him on TV in like the early 2000s in a kickboxing match, so he's been around forever. But Chet Congo showed that the old dog still can learn new tricks. Pulled out the rear naked choke at the end of round two in that one, so big win for Chet Congo. Alrighty, real quickly from last night's. Manny Pacquiao versus Jardinas Ugas, super welterweight title, which for those of you who don't really follow, the weight classes in boxing is 154 pounds. Manny Pacquiao looked just a step slower. He looked just a step behind Ugas. Uh, I'm sure age is finally catching up with him. Manny Pacquiao are the same age. Uh, he falls to 62 and 8. Your Ugas, Jardinas Ugas turns to uh, 27 and 4 in that one after getting the unanimous decision in 12 over the megastar the aging megastar that is Manny Pacquiao. So that is the other combat sports news for this weekend. Let's go ahead and get into our meat of the matter, as we like to say around here with UFC Vegas 34, our prelims. First of all, Drea, can we not both agree this is one of the most banging prelims that we've had from top to bottom in a very long time? 100%. A lot of people were talking about this card just being, uh, you know, it's, a bunch of nobodies and they didn't expect much from it but when people talk like that that's generally what happens <laughs> it turns yeah out to be you say, <laughs> you're exactly right on that one our first one was uh sasha palatnikov versus ramiz uh brahma oh my goodness brahmi house um, i'm not sure I, I don't think i'm saying that right Jared, to be honest <laughs> we all know who i'm talking about so early yeah. takedown for for uh ramiz he worked it into back position slapped on the rear naked choke got that in round one so, again, that was the first of our many uh, stoppages of the evening. So, at 170 pounds, uh, Ramiz got the win over uh, Palatnikov by first-round RNC. Moving in 155 pounds, we had Roosevelt Roberts versus Ignacio Bahamandes. Now, this one was a pretty fun fight with Ignacio definitely taking control of the of the majority of the fight. He had a beautiful... Um, he had beautiful footwork. He was landing really hard front kicks. Roosevelt Roberts had a good jab throughout, but that was pretty much his only effective weapon. 
And then before you, before you could like think that the fight was over, because it was almost the end of the third round, an incredible <laughs> spinning back kick KO for Ignacio over Roosevelt. Put Roosevelt to sleep. Beautiful spinning back kick KO. Possible Dre's drop of the night? We'll have to wait and see. Moving into 205 pounds, we had William Knight versus Fabio Charant. Uh, huge inside leg kicks early for William. Uh, Fabio was kind of staying in range. He was the he was the taller fighter. I don't know if there is a bigger, I almost said bigger fighter. I don't know if there is a bigger fighter at 205 than William Knight. He looks like an action figure come to life. My goodness, that guy is huge. Um, so then they started to exchange more. Fabio, or Fabio tried to rush in on William. William caught him with just a little check left hook. I mean, it wasn't even a big, hard shot. But it, it clipped him just right on the chin. Fabio went down face first. William got on his back, hit him with a couple more big shots with his right hand. Um, that was it. Fabio Chirac was out for another first round KO uh, in this one for William Knight over Fabio Chirac. Moving into 135 pounds, we had Bea Malecki versus Josie Nunez. Um, Bea Malecki looked like she was about a foot taller than Josie, right? Bea Malecki is a very good Muay Thai fighter. So she was trying to use the teep and trying to use jabs to stay away. But Josie was throwing big combinations. She was throwing eight, nine, 10 shots, uh, really moving forward, trying to close the distance. And then at one point, dude, she had a big combo. Then at the end of it was a quick overhand left that put Bay and Malecki down and out. Another first round KO at 135 bond division for Josie Nunez over Bay and Malecki. Moving into our first non Stop it. We had Brian Boom Keller <laughs> versus Domingo Pilarte. This one was essentially, I, I could break down everything, but it was really Brian Keller marching forward, taking Domingo down, and then ground and pounding him. Nothing major, you know what I mean? Nothing that was going to stop the fight, but just completely dominant for not only the takedowns, but to maintain top control. Domingo escaped a few times, but this was all Brian Kelleher. Uh, like, I think he tripled up the strike count, you know, from, from ground. So big win for Brian Kelleher by unanimous decision. At 135 pounds over Domingo Pilarte. Moving into the feature prelim, we had Austin Lingo, Rhino Gang, 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 Gang versus Luis Saldana. Luis looked great in the first round. This one was, uh, he had a lot of beautiful spinning back kicks. He had some beautiful inside leg kicks. He had a nice jab. He had a couple of straight twos. Austin Lingo really looked like he was having a hard time getting started and really getting the engine going. But in the second round, he did. He was moving forward. He was pressuring. He was throwing a lot of really hard shots. He hurt Luis Saldana to the body several times. And, and, in, and then in the third, he actually crumpled um, Luis with a body shot, really hurt him, uh, was not able to finish the fight, but was able to really take control of the second and third round. Austin Lingo got the clear cut to me, unanimous decision over Luis Saldana. Luis winning the first and Austin winning the second and the third round. So big win for Austin Lingo. Great job. Awesome, awesome. We got a question about that later in the Rhino Gang Forum. Let's go ahead and do our main card, Drea. Our first one was Alexander Pantoja versus Brandon Royval. Pantoja took the back early, but Royval kind of reversed it and was attacking the leg, looking for a submission. There was a firefight after that on the feet. Uh, in mm -hmm. the second, Royval was doing well on the feet. Pantoja dragged him down, took his back, and got the RNC in the second round for Alexander Pantoja. You can't mess with that guy on the ground, Dre. His jiu-jitsu is so high-level and incredible. Even a great fighter like Brandon Royval is going to fall to it. What a beautiful sub for Pantoja at 125 pounds. Moving into 155, we had From Hell Pichel versus Austin Hubbard. This was a great fight. 
This one was exciting. They both had their moments back and forth from Halpa Shaw with the knees, the inside elbows, the hard punches, and great footwork. Austin Hubbard was game. Austin Hubbard was returning. Austin Hubbard, I think, he maybe even won the first. But the second two were all from Halpa Shaw. An incredible, an incredible way of he has uh, changed his body. Right. I think they talked about a little bit on the broadcast last night. He used to be kind of a regular looking 155er. He has really packed on some muscle and definitely put some more power into his shots. Good win for From Hell Pichelle by unanimous decision over Austin Hubbard. Moving into 135 pounds, we have Trevin Jones versus, oh man, I didn't want to try the first name, but uh, the last <laughs> name is Kokramanov. Um, this one was, a, he had an early standing guillotine, Kokramanov did. Um, Trevin Jones was able to slip, slip slip out. A lot of cage work and cage kind of pummeling between the two of them for the next couple of rounds. And then in the third, uh, Kokramanov got him in a beautiful submission, put him in the guillotine choke right before the bell, seemingly. And uh, wow, what a great win for him. He came in on super short notice. He did miss weight, Drea, by three pounds, but it was super short notice, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna harp on him for that. You know what I mean? Uh, he came within three pounds, which for as as little notice as he had was pretty good. Moving into 265 pounds, the big boys, my division, my guys. We had Chase Sherman versus Parker Porter. This was a pretty, again, this was a very high output fight for a heavyweight fight. Both guys were trading heavy leg kicks, lots of punches being thrown early that were being missed, but then they kind of started to both get their range. It seemed like Porter had a little bit more in the gas tank, even though physically, he doesn't look like he's in as good a shape as Chase Sherman. Parker Porter had the higher, better gas tank. He had the higher output. He was throwing more. He was landing more. Um, the higher volume is really what set him apart and got Parker Porter the unanimous decision in that one. I thought for sure Chase Sherman's size and his cardio was going to be better. It wasn't. Parker Porter did a great job. Big win for him and an exciting back-and-forth fight. So UD for Parker Porter. Moving into our co-main event, we had Clay the Carpenter Guida, longtime UFC veteran versus Marco Madsen, the uh, silver medalist from the 2016 Greco-Roman in Greco-Roman wrestling, 2016 Olympics, I should say. Uh, Guida hurt Madsen early with a very hard right hand. Um, Madsen was throwing some really nice body shots in the attempt to slow down the ever-moving Clay Guida. Uh, <laughs> nice combos in the second round for Guida. Madsen, again, was popping that jab. It was more of that in the third. It was more Clay kind of throwing the combination and dancing around where Mark was kind of stalking him down and throwing jab after jab after jab. It was super close. I had Mark winning the first round, Clay winning the second round, and then Mark very closely edging out the third. So, yeah, that's, and that's how the judges, or two of them, saw it anyway as well. So, Marco Madsen got the split decision in that one. And, again, what a great story. You know, his wife's diagnosis with MS and all the problems he's had with his injuries and so far for the last couple of years. Nice to see that guy get a big win, even though I love me some Clay the Carpenter Guida. Moving into 185 pounds for our main event, we had Jared Cannonier versus Calvin Gastelum. This one was a pretty back-and-forth fight as well. Uh, Cannonier was throwing kicks at all three levels in the first round. Both, um, What do I mean by all three levels? I mean legs, body, and head, right? Calvin was trying to be more of a boxer and more slick on the feet with his punching. There was a couple of times where Jared landed huge shots, which put Calvin on his ass. But what happened? Calvin popped right the fuck back up. A punch that would have put other guys out. Calvin showed his chin, came right back up and continued to fight. 
This was a nice back and forth fight, but again, I thought Jared Cannonier won at least three, if not four of the rounds. Definitely got the clear cut unanimous decision for Jared Cannonier in that one. Uh, so yeah, big win for him. What happens next with Kelvin? I don't want to hear any talk about him getting cut, dude, because he's an exciting fighter. He puts on good performances. Yeah, he doesn't win all the time, but he's certainly fun to watch. He can hang in there with anybody. So big win for Jared over Kelvin. Well, Drea, we talked about it during the prelims. There was so many fights that you could pick for your world-famous Dreyas Drop of the Night. What did you land on for the world-famous Dreyas Drop of the Night? Well, like you said, there were definitely a few to choose from, but uh, the one that I had to go with, um, it kind of took me back to my Taekwondo days and <laughs> had me on my feet yelling at the TV. So I got to go with Ignacio Bahamondes, um, that spin hook uh, KO over Roosevelt Roberts was just beautiful um, in the last 10 seconds of the fight. I think that's what really got me because I thought uh, the fight was going to go the distance. And then sure enough, he pulled it off at the, you know, the last second. So uh, congratulations, Ignacio Bahamundes. You got Drea's drop of the night. I don't think anybody could argue on that one, man. That was an amazing <laughs> drop, an amazing technique employed by Ignacio. So big, big shout out to you, buddy for getting your Drea's drop of the night for this week. So UFC Vegas 35 um, is next week, Drea. So we're going to make our picks. We're also including, obviously, it's the tough finale, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. we have, um, first, we've got Andre Petrosky. I've got him beating Michael Gilmore by unanimous decision. Do you have a pick on that one? I do. I'm with you on that. I'm going uh, Petrovsky for the unanimous decision over Gilmore. Okay, then moving into our 135-pound tough finale, I've got Rich Tercios versus Brady Heestand, and I think um, I think Rick's going to win by submission in the second round. So I've got sub two for Rick in that, or Rich in that one. Um, I'm going Ricky with the unanimous decision. I think it's going to go the full fight, and uh, he's a hell of a banger. So um, I'm going UD for him. You're going UD for Ricky in that one? All right. Mm -hmm. Then we've got a fight I am super stoked to watch. Daniel Rodriguez versus Kevin Lee. I've got Daniel Rodriguez actually beating my fellow Michiganiac, Kevin Lee, by TKO in the third round. I got TKO in the third for Rodriguez over Lee. What about you? Wow, that's crazy. I'm going D-Rod by TKO in round three as well. That's Cool on that one. All right. Moving to 185 pounds, I've got Mahmoud Muradov beating Gerald Mearshart by unanimous decision in that one. What's your call? Feature play, Adria? Um, I'm going Mahmoud Muradov, but I think he's going to finish him. I'm going Muradov TKO in round three. All right, TKO3 for Dre on that one. Then moving into the 185-pound or middleweight tough finale, I've got Gilbert Urbina beating Brian Battle by a clear-cut dominant Unanimous decision in that one. What about you? 100% on board with that. I'm going Urbina with the unanimous decision. We're team Urbina over here at CSWR, baby. Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Moving into one of my favorite fighters, literally of all time. He's in my top five or six for sure. Edson Barbosa. I've got him beating Giga Chikizi by a TKO in the fourth. And, Dre, as we know, I like to call my shots here and there. I'm going <laughs> to say leg kick. TKO. He's going to bring back the leg kicks. Leg kick TKO for Edson Barbosa over Giga Chikizi on the fourth round of their main event. What about you? I really hate going against Barbosa because I'm a huge Barbosa fan as well, but 
Chikadze is just killing it lately. So that's true. I think he's I think he's gonna take it. I'm going Chikadze. Uh same round and same pick as you. I'm going TKO round four, but for Chikadze. Well, Dre, I would talk shit because I've been dominating you in our picks as of late. But last night, the but tide has turned. And Drea <laughs> beat me last night. The CSWR Pick'em Belts is being held over in California this week by our future player, Drea. <laughs> the beautiful, the smart, and the talented. Future player, Drea, is our champion of the week. So I bow to you and give you all due because you kicked my ass in the picks last night. Speaking of picks, we all love to make them. But let's get real for a second. The sport of MMA is unpredictable. If anyone says they know for sure how a fight is going to go, they are either lying or delusional. Many of the best fights in history are the ones where the unexpected happens. And as we all know, the unexpected happens all the time. No pick'em or prediction app accounts for this unpredictability or even allows the forecaster to acknowledge that uncertainty is a real thing. Until now, we've got fight forecaster, fam. Fight Forecast rewards its users for being precise in their predictions. You get the most points for picking the round, winner, and method, a decent amount of points for picking just the winner and method, and a small amount of points for picking just the winner. How confident and precise you want to be is completely up to you. Let's be honest, even the most hardcore fans don't know everything about every fighter. Don't we want to be a little bit safer in making our predictions? I know I do. With Fight Forecast, you can guarantee yourself points if you play it smart whether you know the fighters or not. But it's always a lot better if you do, isn't it? The app is available on the App Store and Play Store and is absolutely free. If at some point you have any questions, suggestions, or concerns, you can DM the man in charge of Fight Forecaster, Ashwin, at O-M-N-I-S-H-W-I-N on Twitter directly. He will do his best to help you out. So please, folks, check out the Fight Forecaster app CSWR's proud sponsor. <laughs> All right, Dre, let's go ahead and get into our Twitter questions. Our first one comes from the big homie Rage Street Potato. RSP, what do you got this week, dude? Last night's card turned out to be an absolute banger. Four stoppages to start the card with some crazy KOs in there. All the time, people say they won't watch a particular card because of no names or lack of star power on the card, and they end up missing out on some crazy good fights. So my question is, who is to blame for the fan apathy when it comes to cards like this? <clears throat> the fans for dismissing fighters who haven't yet established a name for themselves? Or the UFC for not marketing their fighters and pushing the anything can happen in the octagon narrative? For me, dude, it's mostly the quote-unquote fans, to be honest. We can say plenty of negative things about the UFC as an organization. You know, fighter pay, uh, there's a million things, right? One thing I don't think we should say or can say is that they don't put out enough content. No other MMA promotion has or probably ever will have the level of content that they put out. You got to look at, they have the UFC Fight Nights, the pay-per-views, the Dana White Contender Series, the Ultimate Fighter, UFC Fight Pass, which has live fights from several different promotions, plus original content shows, their whole fight library to access. So with the internet, dude, we can look at Unlike any other time ever in the history of combat sports, we can find video and live, or not live, but you can find video footage of every single fighter that steps foot in the UFC, at least 99.9% .9 of them, right? There is, if you as a fan really want to learn more about the, a fighter you think might be cool or is on an upcoming card, 
just type their name into YouTube, dude, or Google them, you know, and check them out and see what kind of information you can come up with. So if you want the information and to become somewhat invested or at least be knowledgeable about any fighter, you have the capability of doing it. So that's kind of where I'm not not willing to blame the UFC on that. I know that it seems rough that sometimes some of the pay-per-views are so stacked and it seems like the fight nights just don't have that star power. But for me, that's okay. You know what I mean? I'm just talking from strictly from, I'm not a businessman. I'm not involved in the UFC's top, you know, their figures or anything. I'm just talking about it. Me as a fan, I love these fight nights. And I think those of us who watch it not only appreciate it, but we get to see gems like this that not everybody is privy to, right? We watch how incredible that card ended up being last night when I'm sure there was thousands and thousands of other people who might watch the pay-per-view who didn't watch it and who missed out on it, who would have really enjoyed it. So I've got no problem with it. Yeah, like I said, I think for me, it's mostly on the fans to decide whether or not they are a fan of MMA or they are just a fan of big name UFC presentation of such. So thank you very much, RSP. Once again, another banger question, my dude. Let's move into our next one. Comes from my homie, the Doc. Doc, what do you got this week, brother? Great card last night. Obviously, the finishes are going to get that hype. <clears throat> but what was your favorite fight that ended up going to a decision? So you're right, and rightfully so. I think stoppages should get kind of the, usually the lion's share of attention in a fight, but there were some great fights that went to decision last night. For me, dude, it's obviously for emotional investment purposes, it was our feature prelim with Austin Lingo versus Luis Saldana. Obviously, I'm biased because we've had Austin on the show. He was a great guest. We had a fantastic conversation. But more than that, it was one of those deals where Luis looked so good in the beginning, dude. He looked a straight-up world beater. Austin Lingo is a really talented fighter. But Luis was looking like, I don't know, classic Anderson Silva or something in there in the first round. I mean, he looked so sharp. His output was really high. His accuracy was fantastic. He, he made a really great first-round um, performance against Austin Lingo, but Austin Lingo didn't panic. He didn't pack up his stuff and go. He didn't decide to play just defense for the remainder of the fight. No, he he stayed aggressive. He moved forward. He kept throwing punches. His nose was busted up. His eyes were swollen. But what the fuck, man? He's one of those kids who just will not quit, kept moving forward, and it paid off. He won the second and third round. I was really impressed um, with his performance in the second and third round. And that he kind of showed everybody, look, you can beat me up in the first. That doesn't mean you won the fight. You know what I mean? I can come back and I can win. So I was super impressed with Austin Lingo. Big shout out to all Austin Lights Out Lingo for his performance last night. So that, my friend Doc, is the question answered by the old Rhino for that one. All right, Drea, let's go ahead and get to our third Twitter question. I know it comes from our girl, APB. APB, what do you got this week? I don't know half of the people on the upcoming fight cards. What fights are you most excited to watch between now and UFC 266? That card is all I can think about because it's so binging. Yeah, well, no, no question about it, my friend. UFC 266 is one of the greatest cards. I, no recency bias aside, I think that I've ever seen put together. So I understand the hype and the look for it. Um, in the meantime, next week has a couple of fights that I'm really excited to watch. Kevin Lee versus Daniel Rodriguez, I think, could be one of those ones that we are fucking yelling at the TV, that we were like, holy shit, I can't believe it, screaming the whole nine yards. I think Kevin Lee versus Daniel Rodriguez is going to be a stand-up war. Obviously, two, Barbosa versus Chikizi, they're both so high-level, so strong, really, really good fighters. Definitely looking forward to that one. 
Then the following week at UFC Vegas 36, I like, I, we, I've talked about him on the show a lot, Drea, Khalil Roundtree. He's mm-hmm. one of those guys that you just, I'm rooting so hard for it, have been for so long, because we see it in glimpses, right? Right. We see the potential that he has. We see the skill set that he can put forth sometimes. It's a matter of which Khalil is going to show, is going to show up, what's he going to bring to the table, because when he's on, he is so on. And when he's off, He's really off. So I'm, 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 again, I just really hope Khalil Roundtree is going to bring his A game uh, for that fight. He's got Modestus Bukowskis, who is a fucking good fighter, and it should be a great matchup. So, yeah, Khalil Roundtree versus Modestus Bukowskis should be a fantastic fight. And then another recipe for violence is a little bit probably flying under the radar on the prelims of that one is Matt Danger Snell versus Alex Perez. Matt Danger, Danger, high voltage. <laughs> I think. He's due for a big performance. Alex Perez is a very solid 125er. I think they're both really fast. They're both going to be in each other's face striking. I think that one is going to be a banger, dude. So I hope that helped APB maybe get, you know, uh, you hyped up a little bit for a couple of the fights. I know it's a little bit of a ways until 266, but we do have some good fights in there uh, in the mix. So, Drea, as we know, there's a famous line when APB writes us a question, and that is via (laughs) Mama Sims, and it goes as follows. You can't be a wuss. And have a puss. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and get into our voice question. That our first one comes from the big homie Juice from the Friendly Sparring Pod. Juice, what do you got this week, dude? What's up, Rhino? It's your boy Juice from the Friendly Sparring Podcast. Today I want to talk about call-outs and post-fight interviews. In the first fight of the night, Ramiz Brahima... <laughs> Dropped a hilarious line where he says, I don't know, I'll probably build a well in the third world country or something. Unintentionally funny, I would imagine. And then Kelleher dropped the nastiest promo of all time when he called out Sean O'Malley. So I was wondering, what was your favorite unintentionally funny post-fight interview? And what is your favorite call-out? Get at me. Love you, love the show. Holy smokes, dude, this is so funny that you asked this. So just the other day... Um, they had this on Twitter. I don't remember who posted it, but it wasn't, it wasn't actually a post-fight interview. It was a pre-fight interview with Peter McNeely before he fought Mike Tyson. And it is just the funniest, unintentionally, funniest, cringiest, most silly, stupid fucking interview you've ever seen before a fight. He, he, he talks, uh, he talks about some of, he gives some shout outs, some of his friends from the neighborhood. I believe one of them is named Stubby. And then he also says, for Midvale. (laughs) It's really bad, but so good, right? So, yeah, that would be my favorite probably interview. As far as the call-outs go, this one was, and again, I chose this as my favorite, not because I think it's okay what he said or what he did, but for me, it kind of changed call-outs from this point moving forward. And that was BJ Penn uh, when he called out Sean Shirk. As soon as he put the microphone, I believe it was Joe Rogan, put the microphone in front of his face, he says, Sean Shirk, you're dead. And he he went on to really cut a promo of like, serious, I'm looking to kill you. <laughs> now, do I think it's okay to tell you you're going to kill them? No. Do I think it's okay that, you know, I think he meant it? No. <laughs> but I believe it was what, what it did was it turned the call out from kind of hokey, right? Oftentimes and kind of like, oh, whatever. To really being like, oh shit, this is a serious call out. He has thought about this. He knows exactly what he's looking for, what he's looking to do. 
for me, it kind of changed the call-out game. It made it a far more intense and sincere part of the game and already the beginning of what could be perceived as mind games for the next fight. So, yeah, that one really kind of, I'm not saying it's necessarily my favorite, but I think it's possibly one of the most poignant, right? It really changed how I looked at the call-out part of this game. So, yeah, BJ Penn and Sean Shirk. That'd be my answer on that one. So great question, Juice. If you guys don't already, absolutely check out Juice on the Friendly Sparring Pod, him and Leo. It is a crazy show. It is funny. It's awesome. So check those guys out. Our next one comes from D. Kranz, another homie from up in Canada way. D. Kranz, what do you got this week, dude? Rhino, my bro. What's going on, man? Wow, another night of fights that didn't necessarily look good on paper ended up being pretty damn fun. That happens so often. Um, what I was wondering is, did you catch the Pacquiao fight or any of it, just the highlights? Um, I wanted to know, is there any boxing matchup in any weight class that could really draw your attention away from a UFC card that you'd watch first and then, I mean, go back to the UFC card later? But is there any matchup in boxing that you'd literally watch uh, above and beyond a, a good UFC card? And who? I love you guys. I hope everyone has a great day, Rhino Gang Gang Gang. So, yeah, buddy, I was only able to catch the highlights of last night's um, Pacquiao-Ugas fight. I'm hoping I can find time during this week to really watch from start to finish. Part of me doesn't want to, though, because from all the highlights I saw and what I read, Pacquiao just isn't Pacquiao anymore, right? At least he wasn't last night. And I'm such a big Manny Pacquiao fan, I'm going to have a hard time with that. But I'll definitely probably check it out during the week. For me, you know, Bud Crawford versus Errol Spence Jr. is the first one that comes to mind. That's the fight that I would watch first above any other um, MMA fight that could be happening right now. I would still, of course, watch the UFC. I would just watch it later, right? But top billing would be Bud Crawford versus Errol Spence Jr. Uh, from there, I definitely would watch Canelo versus Caleb Plant. I would That would actually take precedent over a UFC for me. And then finally, uh, Tyson Fury versus Anthony Joshua. I would watch that fight for the for the heavyweight title in boxing above and first a UFC card. But again, just because it gets top billing doesn't mean I'm going to miss out on watching a UFC card. I don't think I've missed one in several years, and I hope I don't ever have to. So, yeah, that's my answers on that one. Great question, D. Kronz. Thank you so much for asking it, my dude. All right, Drea. Before we get into our... Uh, picks, not our picks. Before we get into our guest's interview with King Solomon, let's get in a quick word from our sponsor, K&R Designs. Hey, Rhino Gang, are you looking for a piece of furniture to tie the room together? Maybe make it feel a little bit more homey? How about a beautifully restored dresser for the bedroom or an end table for the family room? Well, look no further than my good friends at K&R Designs. You got a piece of furniture that needs restoration? They got you covered. Looking for a new addition to your home decor that's already been beautifully done? They got you there, too. We're talking dressers, armoires, kitchen tables, cabinets, nightstands, any and all wood furniture you can think of, they've got or can get for you. So check out K&R Designs in-store at 101 West Chicago Boulevard in Tecumseh, Michigan, or on their website, kandrcustomdesigns.com. Check out their Facebook page, K&R Home Deco, that's D-E-C-O, to see everything they have and the amazing work that they can do. You can also call and order at 517-605-7173. They accept PayPal, Venmo, Square, Cash, Check. They accept them all. So if you want the absolute best of the best and restorative wood furniture creators, you got to check out K&R Designs. 
Tell them you're a member of the Rhino Gang, and that'll get you 20% off your very first purchase. Once again, check out K&R Designs, Combat Sports with Rhinos, proud sponsor. Oh, fight fan, we've got ourselves a very special guest going on today doing 10 rounds with Rhino, King Solomon, the Black Dragon Renfro Jr., welterweight, 8-1, and going to be fighting October 19th for the Dana White Contender Series. Dude, we are stoked to have you on. Thank you for being here, King Solomon. Uh, thank you so much for having me. Correction, nine and one. Soon to be nine and one. I told Soon you. to be nine and one. Okay, we like that, man. We absolutely respect that. So, bro, can you tell us the origin story? We'd love to get that for the first round with Ryan. We would love to hear how you first got into uh, this crazy world of mixed martial arts. Yeah, no doubt, man. So, uh, since I was younger, I've been boxing since I was like six or seven years old, maybe even younger than that. Like, my first memory is actually a boxing glove. I tell people that all the time. Like the first thing I can actually remember is like a, a boxing glove. Um, so that's funny. Um, after that, I played football for a while. And then, you know, uh, what kid doesn't want to go to the NFL at some point in their life? So I was really big into football. Um, I tore my ACL slash MCL. Um, and I came back from that, recovered, still kept playing ball. It just, uh, after that injury, it kind of made me realize, like, you know, being a football player, I have to depend on other people to a certain extent. Which is nice because you get that team, you know, that uh, camaraderie thing going. But, yeah. uh, I, you know, uh, I like I like all the pressure to be on me. If, if we have to take a loss, I'd rather it go directly to me so I can learn the lesson wholeheartedly myself. You know what I mean? Sure. So, uh, um, while in high school, I also wrestled um, for two and a half years. I wrestled at 220. And... Um, Right after high school, I just jumped right back in MMA. I went to a local gym in Buffalo, New York, and just hopped right in. I already had great hands. I had great wrestling, so I just hopped in the game and slowly but surely started my takeover. Hell yeah, dude. So your next fight, like I mentioned a little bit on your intro, is going to be on the Dana White Contender Series October 19th. That's a big deal when you get that call. Who gave you that news, and like, what was your reaction when you first got the information that, oh shit, I'm going to be on the Dana White Contender Series on ESPN Plus for the world to see? Yeah, actually, so I was actually golfing the day I got the call with uh, Rob Hadek. He's the president of CFFC. Um, after I won my last bout, I ran over to him during the celebration and did the, the golf swing because he's been talking junk to me for a few months talking about his golf game. And honestly, his golf game is really that good. <laughs> <laughs> his golf game is that good. He smoked me in golf. It was, it was not my best golf day. I mean, I had fun and all, but he definitely he tore my ass apart in that. But um, so I was leaving there and I got a call from my manager and he says, hey, man, guess what? You got the call. And I, honestly, I, I was driving from Philly back to New York. And I mean, I was excited, but really, I wasn't like, oh, my God, it's happening. It was almost like I expected it to happen. It was almost like, OK, like I knew this was going to happen. Now it's just time to get, you know, a little more serious in the work. Um, I got the call about like, uh, let's say, two and a half weeks after my last bout. So I was like, you know, I was obviously I just fought, so I wasn't like training very hard. Um, but I was still in the gym. Um, but, I, you know, after I got the call, I just, you know, slowly but surely started to lock in. And um, I, I called, uh, you know, some close family members of mine and told them the news and called my coaches. And, you know, they all pretty much said the same thing. I was like, hey, let's get to work. Let's start. Let's start the takeover. So I was very, very excited. But I know just getting the call from the contender series is not actually getting to the UFC. I have to go out there, perform, beat the guy, earn my contract. And then from there, you know, then then I really can start my real takeover. 
but I, I'm very, very blessed to be in a position that I'm in. I'm, I'm so grateful. I, I can't wait to show the world my, my skill set. Absolutely, dude. Now, I'm going to go out of order here from the way I originally had it because you mentioned the CFFC, so I'm going to jump ahead a little bit. So your pro career thus far has been almost completely with the CFFC, which for people who don't know, that's the Cage Fury Fighting Championship. It's one of the highest level what they call feeder organizations or promotions that go into the UFC. The CFFC athletes who are now high-level UFC fighters, the list is a mile long. What do you think the CFFC meant to you being able to train there, I'm not training, but fight there in such a good, high-level organization before this opportunity with Dana White Contender Series? Um, man, it, it means the world. Honestly, there are a lot of guys in CFFC that I know are better than a lot of guys in the UFC right now. Um, so, and then CFFC, those guys are no joke, man. Those guys are oh, yeah. on the next level. Um, we get, you know, I got some guys in my gym that are actually about to be in CFFC and we get UFC guys coming all the time and they get manhandled by some of these guys. I mean, CFFC is, is really no joke. I think they're the number one organization outside of the UFC. Uh, when it comes to outside of the UFC, Bellator and PFL, obviously, you know, the big, well, big four, I should say, one championship as well. Yeah. Um, but CFFC, man, those guys are brutal. They're vicious. Everyone fighting for a contract. Everyone fighting to change their life. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, uh, it's, it's definitely killer be killed. It's not like when you're in the UFC, you see a lot of guys, you know, that kind of accept the loss in a way or kind of just bend over and let things happen because they know they're going to get a paycheck. And CFFC is not like that. Every single fight, you have a chance to go perform and potentially change your life. So everyone's fighting with everything they have. And um, they're all very, very skillful. Not just like, you know, they're not just tough. They're all very, very skillful. So I, I believe they're the best organization, like I said, besides the big four. And I'm uh, very, very honored to compete for them. What a fucking answer, man. That was spectacular. <laughs> Thank you. are welcome, bro. So you'll be taking on Johnny Parsons. Um, I'm not familiar with him. What, if anything, do you know about him and what he brings into the cage? Uh, he's a tough guy. Um, he's going to lose. I know that. October 19th, he's taking this L. I'm taking the W. That's the only thing <laughs> I can say for sure. He looks tough. He fights. And he, for sure, is going to lose October 19th. Beautiful. Um, <laughs> what I can tell from watching film... Um, you know, he seems like more of a Muay Thai type guy, kind of a wild striker. Doesn't seem to very have a, a deep grappling pedigree. I feel like, uh, honestly, everywhere in the fight, I'm better. Um, but he still has the puncher's chance. Um, I feel like, like I said, he, he's a tough guy. I do think he's a good fighter. I'm, I'm just better. I, you know, he, he's even, he's even a high level fighter. I'm just better everywhere. So, uh, I just, like I said, I can't wait to go show that. All respect to him and his team, but they're not on my level. And I'm going to prove that October 19th. Oh, that sounds great, dude. Uh, so you're still very young in your pro career, but you've already proven that you can win in like a multitude of ways, dude. Like there, there are so many different tools in the toolbox because, you know, getting to know you th through researching your fights for this interview. I mean, I saw you win by punches, by chokes, by decision. Do you have a personal favorite way to win a fight or is it just no matter what gets the job done, gets the job done? Yeah, so I come from a boxing background. So and I know the fans love it, too. Who doesn't love to knock somebody out? Right. Who, you walk in there, take them out cold, you know, feign them up, get them out of there. And that's what I'm doing to Johnny Parsons, honestly. Um, but I guess my favorite way at the time is whatever get the job done. If I had to choose one, I would love to go out there and blast them in the first 30 seconds and knock them out every single time. But my favorite route to victory is, is whatever one that is, you know, the easiest at the time to get the job done. If a guy really can't wrestle that well and, you know, say for for whatever reason, I he would be giving me, you know, more problem on the feet than on the ground. I'm just going to take him down and get him out of there. 
Um, if a guy's more of a wrestler slash grappler type guy, uh, jiu-jitsu, sambo, whatever the fuck, he can't really strike with me. I'm going to make him stand up, and I'm going to take him out of his game. But also, you know, sometimes there's a guy like the last guy fought or even this guy about to come up. You know, they think, they think they're a striker. They are a striker, you know, but they're not at my level. I'm going to show there's levels to that. I'm going to feign him up, take him out, move left, move right, and uh, get him out of there. That, that sounds fantastic, Solomon. The, uh, the next question is about your nickname, dude. The Black Dragon is a super cool nickname. Where did you pick it up and who's the one who gave it to you? Ha, thank you, man. Thank you. Actually, so growing up, I actually had a lot of Asian friends. And um, I was like the only black kid hanging around like a bunch of Asian kids. So that's kind of how I got the name, Black Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> but I also, you know, I always loved Bruce Lee as a kid, what kid didn't. And, uh, you know, I just, I had that name all throughout high school and it just kind of stuck. The, uh, yeah, I, what I looked at that, because, you know, there's been so many nicknames for so many fighters over all the years. I've never heard that one before. I think that's one of those things that can be really strictly branded to just you, which is badass. Cause how many pit bulls have we seen? How many Spartans right. have we seen? How many, you know, whatever, but that one is significant, you know, is singularly yours, which I think is so cool. And yeah, that's fucking badass, dude. I could totally see that in, in like a whole different slew of merchandise. So oh, just yeah, keep, keep too, that man. in mind moving forward. Yeah, me too, man. The king <laughs> yeah. and the black dragon. And the rare, I got the king people call me king just because my name is solomon right and, and, and i carry myself like a king i really do you know I'm, I'm very wise with the words i choose to say out of my mouth i'm very uh i'm what should i say i'm very attentive when it comes to what i put in my body for the most part you know sometimes you have those nights where you just eat whatever you might go out with your friends and pull up on some taco bell or something crazy but for the most part you know i'm not just putting anything in my body like i'm a, I'm a king i carry myself like a king so i'm gonna put Lots of good proteins, you know, healthy carbs, lean carbs, um, good fruits, good vegetables in my body. You know, I'm eating salmon, steak, chicken, even if it's, you know, it's not top of the line food. Like when I even when I was like dead, dead broke and I had to go get like a chicken sandwich from Wendy's. I, would, I, was, like, I was like only getting chicken. I was, wasn't eating bread. You know, I would just do little things like that to just take care of my, my body, you know, physically. And I feel like, you know, putting whatever I put in my body, I'm going to do what like a king would do for himself. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely, dude. Now, now Absolutely. that being said, though, I do love some cheesecake, my man. Like, who don't? Like that? <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> so basically, you uh, you just combined uh, two of the different rounds because number nine is normally like what's a what's an indulgent food for you, but I think cheesecake is a great answer. So we're just gonna use that one for that question, bro. The best so cheesecake's the only answer. <laughs> I had um I had one not too long ago that had uh, Oreos mixed throughout it and then oreo on oh, top wow. of it oh my god bro that was insane good bro, that sounds so good that sounds <laughs> <laughs> all right uh, let's get into the next round we've got uh i'm just kind of going back like when you were coming up when you first started watching mma and the ufc specifically did you have a few guys you thought were really good fighters like you really enjoyed watching above other people uh when i was younger or like as i was growing just yeah when you first got started yeah early on um, so as I was coming to the game, uh, who didn't, you know, admire GSP, uh, sure. come on, man. He, he was, you know, he's known to go for a reason. Uh, that being said, I still think I whoop his ass now these days <laughs> for, for coming in, coming into it. You know, GSP was the top guy, Anderson Silva, uh, Demetrius Johnson was my favorite guy. Hell yeah. Demetrius Johnson was my favorite. I was like a, I'm still kind of like a, Demetrius Johnson might be the only fighter that I might see and be like, oh my God. <laughs> so yeah, I have a little starstruck moment there for, for, for Demetrius, Mighty Mouse. 
Anybody else could get these hands. <laughs> Respect, dude. Uh, so uh, and, uh, John Jones too. John Jones was amazing. Okay. Uh, John Jones, I, like I feel like you know everyone says Khabib is the goat, but in my opinion, right now, you know, until I get that legacy status, it's John Jones. I, I, I am so I'm so pleased that every time it, um, we talk about somebody else, you you put yourself back into the top position, which fucking I respect so much. <laughs> you gotta, you I gotta, fucking you, love it. You got you got to let them know. You know you got to give them love, show them respect. Them, you know. You oh my god, that's, that's so good. <laughs> so uh, King Solomon, man, outside of the cage, what are some things you like to do, like away from training? You a video game guy? You an outdoorsy kind of guy? What are some things you like to do away from the fight game to uh, relax and have some fun? Um, I've actually been getting into golf a lot more lately. Um, I've been golfing, uh, going to the driving range, um, went to a few courses recently. Like I told you, when I first got the call, I was actually golfing with Rob Hayes. Yeah. Um, I've been getting more into golf. Actually, like last year, like uh, let's say May of last year, I started uh, I was reading a book. And uh, that was like around COVID time, you know, when COVID was pretty uh, hectic. Sure. Um, I was reading a book and they said mm, – billionaires do deals on golf clubs i mean do, do deals on golf courses so i was like let me go buy some fucking clubs man <laughs> <laughs> you know so yeah. literally right after that you know uh i bought some clubs and uh i just been you know learning the game slowly but surely ever since i also like i also like to color i love to go to the water um i'm a big guy and like bodies of water and just you know go in there and relax chill out um and, that, and that's mainly it you know, I, I keep I keep it real simple. I like to go, you know, have a nice bite to eat with a beautiful woman or something like that. Sure. Uh, mainly, you know, my thing is just you know training, staying in tip top shape, and uh, yeah, just being the best me I can be. Just trying to grow everywhere possible as a man, as a son, as a father, as a fighter. Um, well, I'm not a father yet, but one day I will be. Sure. Uh, as a fighter, as a brother, as a friend, student, teacher, all that shit. You know, I'm trying to just be the best person I can be. So uh, that's it. Just working on growing. That's the main thing. That's a great mindset to have, especially as such a young man. And uh, yeah, I definitely, I can certainly appreciate that about you, my dude. Now, let me let me add in a little quick side note. You're talking to possibly the worst golfer in the history of golf right now. So I hope that you are considerably better than I am and that you continue to enjoy and that you do make some of those wheels and deals on the old golf course moving forward, my friend. So, dude, you worked your way into the 10th round run or the last round in King Solomon. This is the easiest one of them all. Can you share your social media handles with everybody so we can all kind of get on board, follow King Solomon as you're going through not just this Dana White Contender Series fight upcoming in October, but for the rest of your career, we can kind of keep tabs on you and see how things are going? Yeah, yeah, no doubt. So my Twitter is at Renfro Solomon. That's R-E-N-F-R-O. And then Solomon is spelled S-O-L-O-M-O-N. All O's. It's pronounced like Solomon, like I'm Jamaican, but it's, you know, I mean, it's, it should be pronounced like Solomon, but it's pronounced like Solomon, you know? Um, so, well, that's my Twitter, that's my Twitter handle. My Instagram handle is at infamous one King, um, infamous one King, just one is O and E, not, not the actual number, but the word O and E one, uh, at infamous one King is Instagram. And that's it. Uh, you guys, you know, please join me, follow my journey. Um, enjoy the legacy. It's, it's about to be a great one. Hell yeah, dude. We are all so excited to watch you on October 19th, dude, on the Dana White Contender Series on ESPN+. Plus. Solomon, we cannot tell you how much we appreciate you taking the time today. We finally got it hammered down. We got ourselves our interview today. I'm so stoked we've had you on, and we absolutely are going to be riding with you for uh, 
that big win and getting that contract on the 19th and moving forward after that, my friend. Uh, thank you. Thank you very much, Rhino, man. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I, I actually I, I wish I had more time today. I would love to actually be on again if we can do it again in the future. Oh, we will. We will for sure have you on again. dude. There's no doubt about it. Guaranteed. Awesome. Awesome. I, I look forward to it. I know it's been a hassle for us to try to get connected, so I appreciate it. Oh, you got it, man. We got her done. That's the most important thing. And that was a great interview and a lot of fun. So, yeah, we will for sure have you on for another 10 rounds down the road, my friend. So I hope you have a great rest of your day and we'll talk to you very soon. Gotcha. Talk to you as well. This is King Solomon, the Black Dragon Renfro, and I just went 10 rounds with Rhino. Thank you so much, Black Dragon, dude. That was a fantastic interview. I know I know you got big things on the horizon, my friend. We all look forward to uh, checking you out in October for the Dana White Contender Series fight and then moving forward after that. So thank you once again, King Solomon. So let's go ahead and give our shout-out to our forum contributors, the Rage and Sweet Potato, my homie Doc, our girl APB, the big homie Juice from the Friendly Sparring Pod, the big homie D. Crons from up in Canada Way, Brat, Cyrus, the Filthy Casual, Miss Fight Diva, Ashley, Mike Morgan, and Kairos from the Shots Fire Pod, all the ladies of the PRG, all the Rhino Gang GC homies, gang, 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 all my peeps at Underdog MMA, Marquise from Weeks House Radio, our girl Pokey Mama, Unmatched MMA, Ty Fly Guy, thank you guys all so much for your unwavering support. Of course, big shout out to Ashwin from Fight Forecaster, our proud sponsor as well. To Drea, the future player. To D-Range, the best engineer in the biz. To Dave Fretz, the Einstein of graphic design. The greatest graphic designer in the history of this sport. I'm saying it with my whole chest. The fight posters, everything else he does, fantastic. Guys, out there, please. Let's have a week where we are kind. We're kind to our friends, our family, our neighbors. Get a hold of somebody you haven't talked to in a while. I, I want everybody to have a wonderful week, both in and out of work. Be kind, people, please. I hope you guys all have a wonderful week. Black Lives Matter forever and ever, and we will see you next week. Kate Sun!